Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas odds maker. And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence. And now, let's get it on. Against the spread. Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence. Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're excited as all get out as we enter Sweet 16 territory in the 2021 NCAA basketball tournament this weekend. Welcome back once again to our podcast, our final one for the season. We'll be back here for the 2021 football season beginning in September. But until then, let's take a look at what's on tap this weekend in the Sweet 16 round. And with that, I want to welcome in our co-host, Victor King from King Creole Sports. And Victor, I know if you're probably as excited about the Sweet 16 as I am, we can't wait for the weekend to get here. You got that right. You know, in our business, in our handicapping business, we are definitely creatures of habit. Uh, you get your routine, you focus on your routine. And for me, it was a little bit weird in that first two-round weekend seeing the Friday to Monday games rather than the historically traditional Thursday through Sunday games. That was a little bit weird. That's actually caused us to delay our basketball newsletter by one day, but we're all set and ready to go. And not only that, we've got another weird one coming up this weekend. We're elite, where the Sweet 16 round is played on a Saturday and a Sunday, and then the Elite 8 round will actually be played on a Monday and a Tuesday this year. Yeah, it's sort of uh, all condensed, if you will, much like it is, I guess, in the city of Indianapolis, where a lot of the teams are confined in areas and are staying at hotels, not going anywhere. The only ones that aren't going anywhere are the teams that have been eliminated. So it's a little bit like a taste of the bubble in Orlando, if you will. Maybe not quite the constraints that they ran into. But it's sure nice to be able to talk about the upcoming Sweet 16 round of the tournament here and looking forward to moving forward to the Elite Eight round, which, as you mentioned, Victor, will happen this year on Monday and Tuesday with no break in between. The first time we've ever seen that in an NCAA basketball tournament, but you got to play the cards that are dealt with you. And I'm sure the players aren't complaining the least bit about that. If there's anything, Victor, that you learned other than what you just discussed in the first two rounds of the tournament, what would anything else possibly be? A couple of quick items. When in doubt, play the under. Uh, the first four games, you know, that first four games that were played on Thursday night, all four of those games went under the total. The rest of the breakdown Friday games went 7-9 and nine over under. Saturday games, 5-10 and 10 over under. One game, of course, was called off because of COVID. Sunday games went 3-5 and five over under, and then Monday went 4-3-1. and one. It was actually the only day of the five days of the tournament in which there were more overs than unders. So where we're at after the dust settled here, after two rounds, 19 overs, 31 unders, one tie, 62% under the total. So it's been a, uh, for totals betters, a underwhelming start to the NCAA tournament. A couple other things that I learned was uh, the Big Ten bit the dust, that's for sure. They went 6-3 and three straight up in round one, 1-5 one and five straight up in round two. They started with nine, were down to only one, which would be Michigan. And you got to say something finally about, in terms of what we learned, the domination of the Pac-12 conference was just phenomenal. What, 9-1 and one straight up in ATS, including a, uh, 
a uh, team wearing the Cinderella slipper in Oregon State. But to me, the most uh, important thing about this Big 12 domination were not only were they winning, not only were they covering the spread mark, but by an average margin of plus 14.1 points per game in their 10 tournament games thus far. Yeah, it was quite impressive to say the least what the Pac-12 did this year. They've been taking a lot of bashing in big-time sports, especially in the football world and basketball, being labeled a little bit of sort of being soft, if you will. But they certainly answered uh, that bell this particular tournament here this season here. And in fact, eight of those wins, eight of those nine wins were by double-digit margins, five of them by 15 or more points. And I think the most impressive of all of what we saw last weekend was Southern Cal just absolutely taking the daylights out of Kansas in that victory here. I was My jaw dropped as much as any game that I've seen or witnessed in the tournament this year. I used Kansas as a play. And sometimes we, we get crying towel losses, how you're within a point or two, overtime takes you out of a win and things like that. That was a beatdown right from the get-go. Uh, when you talk about a 34-point win over a powerhouse juggernaut like Kansas, and it speaks well for not only Southern Cal, but for the Pac-12, and it remains to be seen what the Pac-12 will be doing as they head into the Sweet 16 round this weekend. And with that, Victor, let's head into the Sweet 16 round this weekend. Observations, if you will, on the Sweet 16 games on Saturday. I'll turn it over to you for your first thoughts. You know, the Sweet 16 round, it's kind of weird. I've been playing around the database all morning, and in terms of favorite versus underdog success, they've kind of erupted in key three- to four-year cycles, if you will. As an example, in the 2008 to 2010 seasons, underdogs went 8, 15, and 1. Then there came a three-year period where they went 21 and 9. Then in the 2015 to 2017 seasons, the Sweet 16 uh, dogs went 6-14-2. and two. And then finally, in the last two tournaments, the ones played in 2018 and 2019, the underdogs are back up on a nice run. They've gone 12-5 and five ATS in those uh, two years. And that kind of tells me that if these three- to four-year cycles play out according to pattern, that this could be another Sweet 16 round in which more dogs than favorites hit. The uh, two games I want to talk about real quick is the Oregon State-Loyola game, and it looks like there's been some sharp money coming in on the under in that particular game. It opened at 127, and I uh, made my wager on the under at that number of 127. It has since dropped to 125.5. There's even a couple of 125s out there, and it looks like some sharp whale money is definitely coming in on that game under the total. You may want to play it as soon as you hear it. Of course, Loyola has that number one adjusted defense in the entire nation, according to the Ken Palm rankings. And while I know Oregon State was a good over team on the season, they have not faced a defense like this Loyola team has, uh, and that is for sure. Another game we're potentially looking at in terms of an under is the Houston-Syracuse game. Pretty much rock solid. It opened at 139.5. That's where it still is as we record the podcast here on Wednesday afternoon. We'll definitely be looking to go low in the Oregon State-Loyola game. And we're still considering the Houston-Syracuse under as well, Mark. When you talk about Loyola-Chicago and the Houston Cougars, you're talking defense purely for both basketball teams. I mean, there's nobody does it better scoring defense than Loyola of Chicago. Nobody does it better than the Houston Cougars 
defensive field goal percentage. Houston Cougars also do a great job on the board, so it's going to make them a very, very difficult team to take out of this tournament. I know we wrote a lot in this NCAA Sweet 16, turn, uh, Sweet 16 guide about the success that Jim Beheim has met with this basketball tournament and also what he's met with in the past. And just a quick little capsule from our guide about Jim Beheim. We basically hit on the fact that, uh, boy, oh boy, you just don't seed him as a double-digit seed in the NCAA basketball tournaments. And his career, he's 9-2 and two straight up and 10-1 and one to the spread when he's been a 10 or worse seed in the NCAA basketball tournaments. Once again, this team has caught fire again this year, and he can thank his son, if you will, Buddy Beheim, for the great job that he's done with this basketball team. I mean, he's been lighting it up on the on the court. Every time he's on the court, this basketball team gets better and just improves and pushes their margins out further. This will be a real test, if you will, for Syracuse against that Houston defense that we're talking about here. Uh, I think personally, I think that uh, Houston may end up being the kryptonite, if you will, for Jim Beheim Superman role this particular weekend. That defense is something like Syracuse hasn't seen. But there is defense to be seen, if you will, between those Loyola and Houston games, as you mentioned, Victor. Uh, also talking a little bit about the number one seed, Baylor, as they come into this tournament here. They look like they've really awoken from their slumber, from their post-COVID pause. And they look like they're going to be a handful. And I would be certainly surprised if they don't make it to the, if not the final four, the championship game. This team is really playing as good right now as they did to start the basketball season when they opened up 18-0. and But you got to give credit to Jay Wright and the job that he's done with this Villanova basketball team. Most everybody had this team written off as the number five seed to lose in the opening round of their tournament, if you will. Uh, and what has he done? He's put on a performance that's really, really uh, opened up a lot of eyes in this NCAA basketball tournament here. Uh, defense is hitting on all cylinders, allowing just 62 points a game, Villanova. So Baylor's got to have to bring their A game here as well. What's interesting in the game is a good friend of ours, Ralph Michaels from Wager Talk, he puts out a lot of great information. And he put out, uh, sent out a guide here about the houses or the venues that these teams are playing in inside the city of Indianapolis. And if you will, for Villanova, this will be their first game in Hinkle Field House. Baylor's been there before, but this will be the first trip, if you will, for Villanova. Not that it may make an impact. We don't know for sure, but I thought I'd pass that and mention that along. Also, the Oral Roberts-Arkansas basketball game. This is an Oral Roberts basketball team that just refuses to go away. Uh, One reason being that they're a damn good basketball team and they don't get a lot of credit if you will arkansas is playing maybe their best basketball of the season here i think this game is going to be a must-see watch television game uh, when they play this game on saturday this will be the first time that both of these teams will be playing at bankers field house if you will in this contest here uh you've got a lot of good trends in this game here both on arkansas and both on oral roberts You have the rarity for Oral Roberts coming in off back-to-back straight-up underdog wins in the first two games, taking on an Arkansas team that's also off an underdog win. And when I ran that through the database, that particular scenario favors the favorite in games like this. Uh, The dog that cashed twice in a row as a dog is now a dog. The other guy changes roles. It benefits Arkansas in the game. But it's Oral Roberts that, like I say, refuses to quit or doesn't want to go home. So that should be a great basketball game. My other observation here, if I will, if I may, on my Loyola of Chicago basketball team. This is a team 
that I've been on from the get-go, from the beginning of the basketball season. It's all because of defense. And Sister Jean doesn't hurt at all. Uh, <laughs> having her <laughs> along for the ride, I mean, my goodness, you know, what an inspiration she's been for this basketball team. And, uh, you know, most normally you might see teams letting down after beating a number one seed, such as Loyola did when they knocked off Big Brother Illinois. But that's not the case. Uh, not the case at all. In fact, you knock out number one seed to get into the Sweet 16. You still continue with a lot of momentum moving forward here. So the question is, can they take out an Oregon State basketball team that a lot of people felt perhaps didn't even belong here? But you couldn't deny them their chance because they did win the Pac-12 championship game. And the Beavers are playing as good as anybody inside that conference as well. I think this is going to be a heck of a basketball game. This might be a little bit of a smidge of a letdown for Loyola, if you will, in this contest here. But I have Loyola and my brackets making it to the final four. So I'd be surprised if they don't win this game and see what happens in the Houston-Syracuse matchup in that particular game as well. That's a little bit of my take uh, of you know what I've, I'm seeing on the NCAA basketball tournament, at least for the Saturday basketball games. With that, Victor, let's move on over to the Sunday contest in the uh, uh, Sweet 16 round. And we've got, uh, again, uh, a great matchup. We've got two number one seeds playing here that are still alive in Michigan and Gonzaga. What are your takes and your thoughts, Victor, on Sunday's Sweet 16 matchups? Also one of those rare NCAA tournament same conference games with Oregon taking on USC uh, from the Pac-12 domination that we talked about in the first segment of the show. Uh, Florida State, Michigan. This is a uh, you know weird game. Florida State, as I mentioned last week, was the number one over team in the NCAA tournament with a 16 and six over under record, and yet both of their tournament games went under the total. Uh, here you got Michigan, who was one of the better under teams in the NCAA tournament. Both of their games went over the total. So that kind of tells us you kind of throw away the in-season over-under numbers. This is a whole different animal. Uh, The over-under line in this particular game opened at 148. It's down four big points, down to 144. I'm playing the under in this particular game. It looks like a lot of the sharps are as well. I'm seeing around 60% of all early tickets or wagers on the under, but 85 to 90% of the cash. That tells me there's probably some big whale money on the game under, so it's no surprise that it's dropped four points, and we'll definitely take a look at the Seminoles and the Wolverines under the current total of 144. In terms of sides, it looks like there is some sharp action on a couple of favorites. Alabama opened at 4.5 over UCLA. They're up to 6.5. I'm seeing about 70% of all early bets on Alabama, 90% of the cash on Alabama. And uh, I'm definitely not going to disagree with the line movement in that particular game. And in the uh, uh, all-conference game, the Pac-12 battle between Oregon and UCLA, um, excuse me, USC, the Trojans open up one and a half. They're up to two and a half. Again, it looks like there is some sharp money coming in on USC Uh, It's pretty much a 50-50 game in terms of overall bets or overall tickets, but I'm seeing 65 to 70% of actual cash on USC in this particular game. And from an over-under perspective, the earlier meeting this year between these two teams, between the Ducks and the Trojans, the over-under line was 139.5. It's right around the same line 
in this particular game at 140. And in that game, USC won 72 to 58. They beat Oregon by 14 points. The game ended up going under the total by nine and a half points. With that said, I kind of like this game over the total. You know, Oregon, in addition to having a strong 18 and nine over under record on the season, man, we can't ignore that each of their last eight games have gone over the total for the Ducks. That's eight and O over under last eight games. And by big margins too, by plus 11.5 points per game. So we're going to take a look at that game potentially over the total. Uh, the winner against Gonzaga in the Elite Eight will definitely take a look at over the total. But uh, our uh, breakdown here is going to be Florida State, Michigan under is a solid play, and we'll consider Oregon and USC over the total. As Victor was his observation on Sunday's Sweet 16 NCAA basketball tournament games, taking a look at the Michigan-Florida State to go under the total, what jumps out to me in the basketball game is the fact that uh, no team has allowed more points than has Florida State this basketball tournament. The Seminoles have allowed just 107 total points in the tourney, playing superb defense as they almost always seem to do. Those are, that's the key trait of Leonard Hamilton's basketball teams coming into this contest here. And you've also got uh, a team here in Leonard Hamilton who, in games, and we put this in the Sweet 16 guide, and if you believe that they can possibly hold Michigan to 75 or fewer points in this game, and that's not a stretch, uh, given the fact that, like I said, they're allowing 53.5 points in the first two games of the tournament. If they do, can do just that, his teams are 17-0 and straight up with only three point spread losses in the tournament when they allow 75 or fewer points. Uh, I think it's going to be a big, big tough game for Michigan here. This is going to be a defense that they haven't seen the likes of in the Big Ten Conference here. Uh, arguably, maybe uh, a couple of teams might be close, but nobody is plays the defense like Leonard Hamilton's basketball teams do. This will also be Michigan's first game, if you will, in Bankers Fieldhouse in the tournament where Florida State's been here before. Taking a look at the UCLA-Alabama matchup, this is a matchup uh, of UCLA. Now they're playing their third or their fourth game, I should say, in the tournament because they've played three games. They opened up in the uh, first four round of the tournament and got that victory. And then now they moved on to the Sweet 16. And uh, from our database, our well-oiled machine, it tells us that teams who do win a first four game and somehow arrive to the Sweet 16 round, they're just one and three straight up, but two, one and one to the spread. UCLA could uh, maybe have a say in that because of how well the Pac-12 has played here this year. But I think this Alabama basketball team personally is peaking right now and peaking at the right time. They've got a terrific head coach, if you will, in Nate Oates, who's done a great job in his career in the postseason. Oates is 16-4 and four straight up and 14-6 and six to the spread. You take a look on the flip side, head coach Mick Cronin from UCLA. Uh, they've struggled, if you will, in his career in the big dance, if you will, against quality teams that are 790 or better with the win percentage. He's only 1-8 and eight straight up and 2-7 and seven to the spread. It wouldn't surprise me if Alabama continues on playing their good basketball that they played thus far in the tournament here. Uh, also, taking a look now in the game, other game in the second round, the Creighton-Gonzaga basketball matchup here. This will be a dandy, and we did a nice write-up in the Sweet 16 Tournament Guide. That Sweet 16 Tournament Guide, guys, as I mentioned here, is available online at playbook dot, or playbooksports.com. 
You'll want to get a copy of this year's particular Sweet 16 Guide. It's the best that we've ever done. It'll not only take you through games through the Sweet 16, but it'll take a look, an advanced look at the Elite Eight rounds, the Final Four rounds, and the championship games, and also a great job by Victor, once again, on his NBA Power Ratings and Trends page in the back of the magazine, or back of the uh, newsletter, where he'll take you, I think it's eight full days of coverage in the NBA until we begin our NBA-only basketball newsletters. So check all that out inside the Sweet 16 Tournament Guide, playbooksports.com. Taking a look at that Gonzaga-Creighton matchup here, you've got in Gonzaga a basketball team here that, hands down, entering the tournament, the best team in the country. I don't think too many people would argue that other than one finite point, and that might be their schedule, the neighborhood in which they live. They play literally a lot of sisters of the poor type basketball teams. But I'm going to throw this little word of warning out to everybody here. In Creighton, you've got a basketball team here that, Last year won 24 games. They returned four starters from that team, and they were ranked number 11 overall in the AP preseason poll. They ran into a little bit of controversy here during the season with the head coach, Sean McDermott, and the players. They've gotten past that, and they're they're now a, a really solidified basketball team once again here. This is the type of a team that Gonzaga does not want to have to face. Uh, the type of a team that everybody's expecting to roll over here. My goodness, they're a 13-point favorite. Why shouldn't they? Well, a couple of things. Number one, Gonzaga really struggles in the NCAA basketball tournament against quality teams, teams that have a 7-14 or better win percentage. Gonzaga chews up the, the weak teams, as they always do in their regular season and also in this tournament. But against quality teams, 7-14 or better, they're just 10-15 and 15 straight up with only nine point spread covers in those basketball games. You've got a head coach here in Greg McDermott, who in his career, when he's taken on undefeated opponents, he's 24-8 and eight against the spread. He wins 20 of those games straight up on the court when those opponents, those undefeated opponents, are coming off double-digit wins. I'm just throwing a word of caution out here that I think this is a game that Gonzaga is not going to look forward to playing and we're going to be glad if they get out of this basketball battle alive. Finally, on the final game, the Oregon-Southern Cal matchup here, Victor hit on uh, the astonishing thing of what uh, the Pac-12 has done thus far this basketball tournament here. We talked about it a little bit earlier on in the show. Our incredible stat of the week of the tournament in the Sweet 16 guide pertains to this basketball game. I'm not going to tell you what it is here in the podcast. You've got to look it up, but it's never lost. And it involves a situation in this particular basketball game. Uh, we're going to take a look at uh, what's the, the way these two teams got here. Obviously, Oregon benefited from the COVID. Uh, against VCU, they got a pass. The game was postponed, and they moved on into the second round. This is the first time it's ever happened, so we don't know what to expect from a basketball team like that. On the flip side, Southern Cal has really been tested, and I talked about Florida State being the best defensive team in this tournament. Well, so too is Southern Cal. They've also only allowed 107 points in the tournament. They're playing tough as nails defense is Andy Einfield's basketball team here. And they've got postseason experience. I think this is going to be a heck of a basketball game, uh, if you will. Uh, it's also the second game of the two games that Oregon played at Bankers Field House. So the site will be familiar for the Oregon Ducks in this contest here. And some people wondered why Southern Cal was seeded sixth and Oregon seventh. Well, basically because Southern Cal was the better basketball team this year. Oregon might have been seeded higher to begin the season, but they didn't play up quite up to that level. So I think, again, this is going to be a must-see watch 
game, the final game, if you will, on the game on Sunday's basketball ticket. That's been our overview, if you will, on the Sweet 16 games for both Saturday and Sunday. Before we hop out to Vegas to get the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Isco to find out what's going on, Victor, any thoughts as we look forward to the Elite Eight round upcoming? Yeah, a couple uh, in terms of the Elite Eight round, a uh, strong round for the underdogs, 42-24-2 ATS since the 2003 season. Strong round for the doggies. And also a good round if you like betting the overs. In fact, it's been the best tournament round for overs. 84-54-2 over under, 61% over the total for all Elite Eight games dating back over a 20-year period since 2001. And let your line of 143 be the indicator of whether you pull the trigger or not. The Elite Eight games in which the over-under line is 143 or less have done even better. 59 overs, only 24 under, 71% over the total. So let 143 be your gauge in this particular round and consider going over for any games at 143 or less. If Oregon does somehow upset USC, and they're, what, two-and-a-half-point underdog, then Oregon versus Gonzaga is definitely going to be our over of the Elite Eight round. If uh, USC wins, we're going to pass on that. Of course, Mark mentioned how great that USC defense is. But if Oregon does indeed pull the upset, and we will assume Gonzaga will beat Creighton, then we're going to be using the Oregon-Gonzaga over as one of our top plays. I mean, you're talking about, what, a 75-point-per-game offense with Oregon, a 92-point-per-game offense with Gonzaga. So that is the over we're going to target in the Elite elite 8 round. Again, a round that's been very, very strong for overs. And one more thing, Mark. If Arkansas beats Oral Roberts, and of course they're favored by 11 in that game, and Baylor defeats Villanova, and of course they're favored by seven. I'm going to consider taking the points with Arkansas on Monday against Baylor. Uh, of course, the more points they get, the better the value, in my opinion. It's been a difficult round for the Big 12 teams. They've gone 5-15 and 15 against the spread in the Elite Eight round over the last 15 years, including 1-10 and 10 against the spread as favorites. And it's also been a good round for SEC underdogs who've gone 5 1 and 1 ATS in the Elite Eight round. So if both Arkansas and Baylor advance, we're going to uh, possibly look to grab the points with the Hogs against Baylor in the Elite Eight round. Nice look ahead, if you will, preview to the Elite Eight round from Victor King of King Creole Sports. You want to check out everything Victor is doing this weekend at playbooksports.com from his King Creole service. A lot of targeted over-under plays, as you mentioned, and a few sides as well, all available online, playbooksports.com. It's a little bit more difficult for me to preview an Elite Eight round because a lot of what it is that I do, one, comes out of our database, and two, a lot of it keys off of results. And we don't know these results. You're obviously heading into the Sweet 16 round. But the one comment that I do want to make about the Elite Eight round is there are two teams that historically have played very well, if not team seeds, in this particular Elite Eight round, and I think they fit the bill. Number one, number five seeds are a perfect 8-0 against the spread. That would fit both Villanova and Creighton, two teams that I happen to like their chances of to at least cash a ticket this particular weekend. And if they do cash those tickets or even more win the basketball games, they'll be in pretty nice situations, if you will. 
the number eight seed is Loyola, the basketball team, the Ramblers I talked about a little bit earlier on in the show. Those number eight seeds are five and one against the spread. These are all records that Victor put together for our, for our final round tournament histories where Victor breaks down the Sweet 16, the Elite 8, the Final Four, and the championship games in a game-by-round-by-round by round comparison. So, again, it's must-read material. Also contained inside of the Sweet 16 guide, you will get a complete Sweet 16 and later round-by-round round results from 2007 through the last tournament in 2019. You get a real nice view of what's happened in this basketball tournament. Again, download the Sweet 16 guide at playbooksports.com and have everything at your fingertips just in time for the big basketball tournament. Okay, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas to visit with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas to find out the Vegas vibe and exactly what's going on on the NCAA Tournament Sweet 16 round. Andy, how's everything going for you in Vegas this week? Mark, about the only thing that hasn't uh, uh, seemed to be normal was the fact that we played uh, Friday through Monday instead of Thursday through Sunday. But what we saw on that Friday through Monday reminds me of the uh, tournaments back in the late 1980s and maybe into the early 1990s with all the buzzer beaters, the overtime games. This has been perhaps the most exciting tournament in the last, um, in the last 25 years. Yeah, I would say in memory for sure, Andy, you know, my memory these days isn't quite as sharp as it's been. And you're talking and challenge me for 25 years. That's going to be a tough trivia question for me to have to answer. But in memory, recent memory, for sure, this has been exciting as all get out. And I don't know if it's because of the presence of Sister Jean back in the tournament again. Uh, or just the fact that we missed the tournament last year and uh, everybody was jonesing anxious to play. But we're sure getting our money's worth. I think uh, pretty much it was what the, the latter, the fact that uh, uh, we didn't realize how much we missed last year's tournament, which we, I know we missed a lot until this year's tournament got underway. And here it is, Sister Jean, a few years later, still rooting in uh, Loyola, Chicago. And the, the, the difference this year is that Loyola is only one of the Cinderella stories that we've seen unfold. We've got uh, several teams that have made surprising runs into the Sweet 16. In fact, if you look at uh, two of the – actually, if you want, let's take a look at the three top comp- Conferences, the Big Ten with nine bids, the Big 12 and the ACC with seven. Of those combined 23 teams, only four remain, and two are from the ACC, which was uh, the weakest of the three conferences. Just uh, uh, Michigan, a number one seed, and uh, Baylor, a number one seed, remain from the Big Ten and the Big 12, and uh, Florida State. And uh, a, a surprise to some, but not to many, uh, Syracuse from the ACC. That's been the kind of tournament it's been. So there are several compelling stories uh, for this weekend, including a rematch of an early season game between Arkansas and Oral Roberts and a conference meeting between Southern Cal and Oregon, a couple of teams also that uh, may have made it a little further than many expected. Yeah, to say the least, Andy, here, uh, that and the fact that Sister Jean is now over 100 years old. Last time we visited her, she was a young Sprite 99 years old or 96 or 7, whatever the case happens to be. But uh, it's sure nice to see the story going on again at Loyola these days. I I think the story for Sister Jean is... uh, Heaven can wait. I have an NCAA championship to win. <laughs> I love that. Heaven can wait. <laughs> I got to use that in the coffee club. I'll use that as a line in the coffee club. Heaven can wait. That's a good one. <laughs> so, Andy, let me ask you this. What are you seeing in Vegas as far as the Sweet 16 goes this weekend? Are, have there been any moves off the opening line or anything that you would advise your listeners out there to take advantage of before the games tip off? 
Well, there there have been a few. We saw actually Baylor get bid up against Villanova from six to seven at most books. Uh, Villanova was a bit of an uncertainty entering the tournament. In fact, I actually played Villanova as a futures to win the tournament. Oh, about a month ago. This is before the Gillespie injury, and uh, Villanova at that time was fourteen to one, which I thought was a decent price for a team that at that time could easily have been a number two, possibly a number three seed. Well, of course, you had the injury to Gillespie. Their season considered to be over entering the tournament. Their odds were somewhere in the vicinity of 80 to 1 or higher. They're down, I believe, now to about 40 to 1 still in the Sweet 16 going up against Baylor. They've been a, a pleasant surprise because I didn't know what to expect. I'm not sure I expected them to get all that far in the tournament. I expected them to win the opening game, and I thought maybe expecting them to face Purdue in the second round rather than uh, was it North Texas, I thought that that might be where their season ends. And now I'm thinking maybe they have an opportunity to at least slow down Baylor a little bit, but uh, I think that. That, uh, that futures ticket is not going to last beyond uh, this coming weekend. Oral Roberts has been a nice story. They were not intimidated against uh, by, by either Ohio State or Florida in their convincing wins in both games. Convincing in the Ohio State win only because even though it went overtime, they were the better team for probably 38 of the 40 minutes against the number two seeded uh, uh, Buckeyes. Uh, Oregon State was a pleasant surprise with the upsets that uh, uh, they pulled. Syracuse, again, a team that was expected not to uh, survive actually uh, their opening game against San Diego State. So I, I think really surprises across the board. Uh, looking at some of the moves, uh, we've seen uh, the uh, favorite in the Oregon-USC games, which Oregon opened at many places a one-point favorite in some places a pick em. USC, a two-and-a-half-point uh, favorite. Now, that's a pretty significant swing. And, you know, the commentators made the uh, uh, comment during the, the contest the other night against Kansas that I f- was in agreement with and I felt uh, beforehand and I was hoping that they wouldn't make the comment because now it's all out there but their length the size of this USC team matches up nicely against Gonzaga could give uh, Gonzaga a, a, a real test and might even pull the upset should they meet uh, in the uh, in, in the Elite Eight. Uh, Michigan in some places opened up about a three-point favorite they're down in some places to two and a half. Uh, Alabama which opened in some places as low as four and a half they're up to six to six and a half in their game against UCLA which uh, continued the trend that was only interrupted I believe in 2019 the last tournament of a double-digit seed making it into the uh, Sweet 16 as uh, UCLA, uh, from a, rather, I'm sorry, from the play-in game into uh, the uh, Sweet 16 as, of course, UCLA with that tremendous second-half comeback against Michigan State and uh, uh, their two wins. And finally, uh, the other team I wanted to mention was... Uh, uh, the uh, uh, well, I, I touched upon them a little bit, and that is uh, Creighton, uh, who's playing Gonzaga. That could be one of the more entertaining up and down games of this tournament, and we've seen that line go up a little bit from one one fifty seven to about one fifty eight and a half. But other than that, it, it was a tremendous first weekend here in Las Vegas as far as the attendance, as far as the excitement. And let me put it to you another way: I was over at the Superbook on Friday. You cannot tell there was a pandemic underway. Well, that's great to hear, Andy. Uh, just uh, the old times of old, the NCAA basketball tournament jammed at the Superbook and the fans into it from the get-go. I love hearing that, and I love seeing it happen in Las Vegas, who desperately needs this NCAA basketball tournament as much as we as fans need it as well. Andy, before I let you go, I know our listeners would like to know what you're looking at on tap, what you've got on tap for your complimentary play in the show this week. Okay, well, this is a, you asked in the previous part, and I didn't really give an answer to it, things to keep an eye out for as far yes. as line moves. And it's a game that it does involve a line move. Uh, 
up and down. It's the game between Oregon State and Loyola. Uh, Loyola opened a six and a half point favorite in some places, opened seven in others, and now it's either six and a half or seven. I'm seeing mostly six and a halves out there, and I'm going to be on the Oregon State side, and I would look for people to get the seven if at all possible. Six and a half, not a bad number. I'm showing uh, one independent book, a large book here in Vegas, Treasure Island, actually has uh, Loyola Chicago at six, which almost suggests they're uh, begging, uh, they're, they're, they're expecting you or begging you to take the Loyola Chicago and lay the short number. I like this Oregon State. I had a money lined against Tennessee in their opening game. Consider what the Pac-12 has done this year. Five teams in, and uh, so far uh, those teams are unbeaten with the exception of Colorado, which won its first game and then got eliminated the other night by Florida State. And interestingly enough, Oregon State, uh, down the stretch, beat uh, 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 Colorado, I believe it was, um, Oregon, uh, USC and UCLA at the end of the regular season to propel its run into this tournament. I like uh, what the Beavers have shown. They've got plenty of experience. The coach, uh, my my uh, headline after the game was uh, uh, for Wayne Tinkle, the coach. Tinkle wins it in Hinkle because that's where they clinched their ticket to the uh, Sweet 16. So there, there's another coffee club uh, uh, I like that. Uh, line for you if you, yes, want, if you want to use it. But <laughs> I... I I wouldn't be shocked if Oregon State wins this game. They are playing so well as they have been over the second half of the season. Two wins, by the way, against Oregon, including their first meeting on Oregon's home court. Um, but I, I, I think Loyola Chicago gets a test in this game. Probably good enough. This is an experienced Loyola team, but I think Oregon State takes it close, t- t- keeps it close, and takes a shot to win the game, perhaps in the final couple of minutes. It should be one of the more exciting games of the Sweet 16. Andy doesn't like seeing a seven-point favorite that was a seven-point dog the game before who won the game and switch roles like that. That's a big 14-point line swing, if you will. And I'll point this out, Andy, from our Sweet 16 guide to put a little more icing on your cake with Oregon State. This is a Beaver basketball team, if you will, that in elimination games, they've won five straight elimination games three in the Pac-12 tournament and two in the NCAA basketball tournament. So being on the brink doesn't seem to bother the Beavers whatsoever. I'm with you on Oregon State plus the points against Loyola. I'm going to wish you the best of luck because I'll be dancing with you on this play as well. By, by the way, Mark, it almost brings back, I think we may have made the comment last week with Georgetown trying to do what UConn did uh, the year that they won it all when they won five games in five nights in the Big East tournament and then swept through the NCAA tournament. There's a team that, what was it, 10 or 11 straight eliminations games that uh, UConn won. So Oregon State, not quite halfway there yet, but uh, certainly showing signs of perhaps being this team from from the conference that's thus far in the NCAA tournament has shown to be the best conference unquestionably you know you go nine and one to get to the sweet 16 the conference i think that opened up a lot of eyes this year and deservedly so they've done a terrific job now they've got their work excuse me their work cut out for them this weekend obviously because they're going to be a targeted conference if you will but it's sure nice seeing the pack 12 being a factor inside of a tournament whether it's football playoffs or ncaa basketball tournament we're sure enjoying the ride Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. A lot of fun. And let's hope that this second weekend of action matches up to what we saw this past weekend. And good luck to uh, you and all of our listeners. That was Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com. And now it's time for what you're looking for and I love doing, our awesome angle of the week. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best, his awesome Awesome. angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week on our Sweet 16 tournament round this weekend. We call it Big Ten Bugaboo. 
And what we're looking to do is to play against any Big Ten team in the Sweet 16 tournament round who is either a pick or a favorite of five or fewer points. Just that simple. Big Ten teams, Sweet 16 round, pick or favored five or less points. Since 1990, these teams are just seven, 17, and one against the spread. You flip that around, play against them, you have a 71% winning angle that will be playing against Michigan, if you will, on Saturday in their basketball game against Florida State. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to Victor King before we sign off here. Victor, your final thoughts on the card this weekend, and if you would, let our listeners know what you may have on tap this weekend. You know, first off, I've been in agreement with you, especially with uh, star forward Isaiah Livers' uh, sideline for the Wolverines. And just in case they do happen to beat Florida State, we're going to look to play against Michigan in their Elite Eight game. Again, the fact that uh, they'll probably be favored by a small number and probably against Alabama as well. If that is the case, we're going to look to grab the points with Alabama against Michigan on Tuesday. And, of course, as a dog only. And, of course, you mentioned that great stat in regards to the Big Ten. Uh, If we eliminate the rounds, we can also tell you that Big Ten short favorites of five or less points in all tournament games have gone four, 12, and one against the spread just in the last four seasons alone. So I'm in agreement with your Florida State play, and I'm going to look to fade Michigan if both they and Alabama advance and head into Elite Eight Tuesday night action. And, of course, uh, Mark, as you mentioned, once the dust has settled here on the NCAA tournament, we're going to have six NBA-only issues of the Playbook newsletter still available. And that's, of course, because they expanded the regular season all the way up until, what, the middle of May. So we'll have those available. We've gotten a good response from our PlaybookSports.com NBA Totals Today publication. Uh, It's... uh, NBA over-unders from a totally different perspective, pun intended. I'm looking at today's issue, and it's got all kinds of great nuggets in there. For instance, who's the best home-over team in the NBA this season? That's easy. It's the big easy, the New Orleans Pelicans, 18-4 and over-under at home this season already. They just went over the total again last night in that game as well. Uh, another great nugget, who's the best road over team in the NBA this season? That's kind of like a three-way tie. Brooklyn Nets and Charlotte uh, Hornets, both at 15-6 and six over under. Indiana Pacers, a very surprising 16-7 and seven over under on the road this season. But again, those are just some of the little nuggets that you get on a daily basis if you like betting the NBA uh, over-unders. And that, of course, is available at playbook.com as well. We do want to thank... The many listeners who responded with an email, and of course, we sent them a free copy of last Sunday's totals today. One of the key plays in that particular issue was to go under in the Phoenix Suns-LA Lakers game, and that one brought home the bacon. So we were proud to deliver a winner for the people that requested a free copy of it. Again, available at playbooksports.com. And again, Mark, don't forget, there is some value in the NBA these days with so much focus on in college basketball. The NCAA tournament, NIT tournament, the Insiders tournament as well. Don't forget about the NBA. Uh, we're making a real good run with our NBA over-unders now, particularly after the All-Star break. And uh, our King Creole plays available at playbooksports.com uh, every day. 
Wise words from Victor King from King Creole Sports. Keep an eye on this weekend's card and check out all the plays from King Creole Sports at playbooksports.com. And make sure you get on board for the NBA totals today. Keep yourself in the loop when it comes to winning over under totals in the NBA from Victor King's NBA totals today. Just a quick note here. Victor mentioned our NBA-only newsletter. Six issues. A special price, just $39 complete. That's a, a good savings, if you will, on that package of over $20. Or combine it, get the six NBA-only issues in our Sweet 16 Tournament Guide for only $49 complete. Check it out all online at playbooksports.com. And one final note before we close and put the final wraps on the show. I'll be releasing my Sweet 16 and Elite 8 round games this weekend. Check it out. It's a $99 package for all four days at playbooksports.com. It's all available online for you at playbooksports.com. I want to thank our good friend Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas from The Logical Approach for our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports until football season once again. This is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.